Hey, this is Eric with 30 by 40 Design Workshop with a heads up that all of my content will be streaming on Gable Media. Starting October 7th, you can head on over to gablemedia.com video to check it out. Hi everyone, my name is Steven and I am the creator of Show It Better. And I'm glad to announce that Show It Better is now streaming on Gable Media. Visit gablemedia.com video to catch up on our full catalog. don't know if you know this tell me you cannot control one computer with the mouse of another computer <laughs> okay so the other day i was on teams and uh on my phone and i because i wasn't inside my house when i answered the call and I came into my laptop and I set the phone on my laptop because I was using <laughs> the camera on my phone, right? Yeah. And so I just propped it up against the screen. And I can't tell you, it was like three times I tried to use the mouse on the laptop to move onto the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. So in this particular case, I was tr- I was using the mouse from the PC to try to answer the call from you on the Mac. Because you're just used to seeing Didn't... all these screens, right? They, they're all connected. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Duh. Exactly. Come on, technology. Like, what? That's Why? what I was thinking, too. Well, it was funny with mine. It's like the screens were overlapping. So, of course, the mouse controlled both of them, right? Of course. Yeah. Well, why doesn't it? <laughs> it's total... Why doesn't it know? Why doesn't it know what I'm thinking? And then if the computer actually ever does know what you're thinking, we'll be freaking out. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> so you, we say it. Skynet. It yes, totally. I want it to know what I'm thinking. No, I really don't want it to know what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, it's already creepy. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Aren't you out next I'm, week? I'm leaving on Sunday. Yeah. For a few Sunday. days. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should. Maybe I should make you feel better and say, well, you know, I might fall down some stairs and then it would be okay. Yeah. Somehow, (laughs) since you like climb rocks and seem to apparently have better balance than I do, I doubt that. That's insane, dude. You have to tell that story. I don't. I mean, it, it seems like I honestly feel like 2020 is out to get me. It's personal. 2020 it's personal (laughs) this time it's personal (laughs) it really does seem like it because just as i'm healing up from the last time i told the story of falling down some stone stairs at sleepy hollow you didn't fall down those you were pushed (laughs) i yes well i kind of think i was so i was telling you this and i've been telling a couple of other people you know they're like so how was your weekend i was like well it was um you know i'm recovering (laughs) yeah so we have a a team meeting every monday and i lead the meetings and go through like schedules and progress and you know we just talk about and then we do check-ins with everybody and and just see where everything is and i was in such pain and i i Somebody was just like, well, we're, I guess we're waiting on Cormac. I'm like, no, it sounds like you just volunteered to lead the meeting. And they're like, well, if you want me to, 
And I'm like, yes. And I just, because I just, I just want to sit here quietly. (laughs) I I hit mute and I kind of like just faded into the background, you know, and then every once in a great while when it kind of slowed down, I would like pipe in and say, hey, you know, let's uh, talk about this. But yeah, I was explaining to everybody that this past weekend went out for a drive and we went to Antietam National Battlefield. For those of you who may not know what Antietam is, it is a Civil War battlefield right before Gettysburg. And it was the Army of the Potomac moving northward through Maryland on their way towards Gettysburg. And it was just one of the larger battles. And so we go there often because it's in our neck of the woods. And we were listening to a REI's got this great podcast called Camp Monsters that we were listening to the episode of the Snallagaster, which is a Western Maryland folklore monster that was told uh, to hopefully keep children in line and not wander off and all that other stuff. And so, you know, we were kind of into the whole lore of, you know, Central and Western Maryland, which happens to be where Antietam is. And so we're walking through there and, and there was always a folklore that we made up in our own family when we are going through corn mazes and all that other stuff to keep the kids in line and not wandering off. It was, so we would look down and say, Hey kids, you see all those uh, loose kernels of corn? They're like, yeah. They're like, yeah, well, those are the teeth of the children who would wander off and get attacked by the uh, corn demon. And, this is like <laughs> the village, the movie, the village. Exactly. Don't go outside the village. You know, where we park, you know, walk through a cornfield and there's corn kernels all over the ground. And of course, my daughter's like, don't anger the corn demon. You're like, you had to bring it up. And so, and so, you know, my wife's like picking up corn and she's just like, mommy, I told you, don't mess with the corn demon. You know, there's, there's all these like wonderful historic buildings that were used as um, General McClellan's base camp or the field hospital or, you know, where you know troops would muster. And so we were going to visit one of those and uh, they were kind of like chattering and talking and stuff. And so I kind of stopped and let them go ahead of me and I stayed back. And as I got to one of the buildings, I was all by myself up on the hill was the house itself. And then you know, we're, we're talking about like a you know, 20 to 30 foot grade change between where the house is and where the summer kitchen is. And so I kind of climbed up some of these steps that connect the house to the summer kitchen to get a better view of the summer kitchen lens I have on my camera wasn't wide enough for me to get the whole thing from where I was standing. So I needed to, you know, step back as you do. Mm-hmm. And so in my left hand, I have my camera and my right hand, I pull out my phone because I wanted to, you know, take a couple of shots and actually send them to you. And uh, so I've got one picture of the building itself. And then the next picture is kind of straight up looking at the trees and the sky because apparently that was the next shot I was taking as I was falling down the stairs. <laughs> and of course I'm laughing and it was, and, and I'm, I'm yeah, it's, resonates with me. That's all. <laughs> and, and so, and so I, it was probably about, I don't know, I'd say about maybe a 15 foot drop, oh my gosh. you know, on an incline where this time to add insult to injury, I had to hit every single stone <laughs> stair on the way down. Yes. And unlike the last time where when I hit the ground, I cradled my camera and saved it. This time I wasn't so lucky. I 
damage to my camera to the point where I need to send it out to repairs to find out whether or not I am going to be crying for a long time with a broken camera that can't be repaired or crying for a short period of time with a broken camera that can be repaired, but I just can't use it. Yeah. It was, it, I'm just, and I'm laying there on the ground, back on the ground, staring straight up at the sky. I could do nothing but laugh because I was just like within, I don't know, month, month and a half. The first time I fell down the stairs, you know, sprang two ankles and, you know, bloodied myself up a little bit. This time, scraped up the other knee, sprang another ankle, sprained a thigh, you know, cut my wrists open, broke my camera. And I'm just like, seriously, I, wh- why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why me? Yeah. I wasn't that's the one why. who, ang- I wasn't the one who angered the corn demon. Yeah. Who's my wife? <laughs> why isn't she laying down here? Why do I have to, why am <laughs> why I the one who suffers? you? <laughs> you know, and so none of them were around. They, they had already like, you know, kind of like walked back to the, the visitor center, which by the way, the Antietam Visitor Center is part of the Mission 66 mm. effort for, you know, national parks and these beautiful, like, mid-century modern buildings. Yep. And I'll share in the notes some of the photos that I did take before my camera decided that it wanted to be part of the casualty. <laughs> oh, man. I love story time with Cormac. <laughs> uh, I... <laughs> so good. And And I'm in pain. And I'm hobbling back really, really slowly. And I'm holding two pieces of a camera, Aww. which should be one piece. Right. But I'm holding two pieces. They they start coming down the hill. They're like, yeah, we were wondering where you went. And then they just look at me like, what the hell happened? Like, <laughs> you? And I just started like kind of giggling. I'm like, you will not believe it. She's like, did you fall again? I was like, stone steps attacked me again. Yeah. <laughs> is more like it. Ouch. So I... I know from here on out, two things that I'm going to avoid. Talking about the spirits that might be inhabiting some of these places that we go, maybe I should just stop going to like battlefields and cemeteries. I don't know. Maybe that, that should be where I you know, draw the line. But I'm, ne- I'm never going to climb another set of stone stairs again. This is how the superstitions get started right here. Even if I fall down some stairs... They don't hurt as much as a stone stair does as I'm falling down the stair. <laughs> so, so now you have a ranking of pain to uh, material of stair ratio. Like you've got stone it, stairs at the top of the pain. Yeah. Jeez. That's, that's kind of a funny metric to have <laughs> carrying around with you. <laughs> it's not a metric that I ever really wanted to carry around, but apparently... Right. Now there's like levels of architectural pain. Yeah. Like you know, that. there's the emotional pain of sometimes some projects, you know, kind of like beat you down or whatever. Value engineering. You know, maybe some <laughs> value engineering. Yes. And then there's the physical pain of apparently site visits and uh-huh. falling down. Jeez. Well, I've got a, I've got a, the topic I wanted to talk about is another type of architectural pain, and it's not <laughs> one that, that I think most people realize, and, and I, I know you have experience with this, so I wanted to run it by you, which is a simple little note, and this is just actually coming from my personal remodeling experience over the summer. 
you know, I drew some plans up of what I wanted to do and I, they're not that detailed, but basically I have, uh, in one space, uh, we have this sauna, right. That you, you've heard about this before I yeah. talked about it and, yep. and it's yep. big, right. Yep. It's like six feet by seven feet and you can stand up in it and it's for a couple of people and it's, it's a panelized system. But, you know, you can only assemble and disassemble these things so many times before they just never go back together the right way again. Right. And so I was like, I am not taking this thing apart. It'll never go back together correctly if I do. Um, It would have been smart to take it apart because, like I said, it's so big. And then it's basically going to be inside this room that I'm sitting in right now recording this throughout construction. Right. So the note is protect in place. Right. How many times have you put that (laughs) note on a set of drawings? Yeah, one way, shape, or form, a any, lot. In anytime fact, you I'm, do a, a remodel or a modernization or or whatever, there's always going to be something in there that you you're like, nope, keep this just how it is, right? So simple, innocuous little note that we put on things, and then it isn't really until you have to do the work around that thing that you realize how much pain how that little <laughs> note can bring. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it's and it's funny because I I, so I think about, think back and I wonder how much overhead basically that needs to get you know there's so much that has to be done to actually accomplish those three little words. Mm, yes, very much so. And I could go through the mental rolodex of almost every renovation, revitalization, modernization project that I've ever done where we've had that note and I think I might be um, 50-50 on whether or not they actually do it. And if they do it, I'm probably at running at about 100% of some form of RFI coming in asking how to do it. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Just <laughs> I was hoping you put were going to figure blanket, that out. <laughs> put, put a yeah. blanket over it. And wrap it in bubble wrap? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's basically what... what I had to go through was so so that like I said I you know I kind of gave the dimensions of this thing it's it's big it's heavy it's not yeah 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 it's not on wheels right so that was actually my first order of business with this thing was I bought four furniture dollies and I put <laughs> two by fours under this thing and lifted it onto furniture dollies so that I could roll it around and that was seriously the best thing ever because I could have it in one half of the room and work on the other half and then I could roll it back and work on the other half. Any guesses how many times I, no, I didn't keep count. How many times did I roll this thing back and forth in this room? It's got to be a hundred times as I worked around <laughs> this space of rolling it back and forth. And, you know, the two by yeah. fours that it's sitting on, it's like this tray, are wider than the than the sauna itself because you've got to have be able to grab right. onto this yeah. thing and get some leverage under it to to pull it up and down and get it on and off the dollies right so you're constantly stepping over these two by fours that are sticking out they're total trip hazard right and then at one point you know we're, we're doing drywall and then we've got to paint so we got to wrap this thing we got to wrap it up you know there's so many like Again, you don't you just put this simple little note on this thing and you don't think through the sequence, you don't think through the process of what needs to happen. You just put the note on there. And then like you said, like I thought you were going to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. but I just think it's I I kind of think this this falls within a theme that we've talked about on the show many times throughout the year, which is understand the 
the gravity of the lines on the page. And in this case, it's a note, but yeah. there's still lines on the sheet. And it's, what does that truly mean? What is the true cost of that thing that you're drawing or labeling, annotating, whatever, and versus how it's going to end up in the end? And I have to say, like, I said, putting it on wheels was the best thing ever because I could now move this thing around, roll it around whenever I needed to. It wasn't that bad. Um, it usually took a couple of people to make sure we didn't scar up the walls when we're pushing it around. And we never did hit the walls. And getting it off of those dollies was another huge pain in the butt, like so hard. And we put uh, in carpet sure. tile in here. And it, I was concerned that um, when we finally pushed the sauna into its final resting place, that it was going to just move those carpet tiles because of its weight and the friction and all that stuff. So, you know, you have to devise a system, right, to get this thing to move around. And that system turned out to be furniture sliders, which are an amazing invention. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> yeah. amazing. Those things work so well. But um, there's just, there's so many steps involved in actually accomplishing protecting something while you do construction around it. And I, I'd only bring it up here just as a word of warning. Like, it's a simple note. It, like I said, it's innocuous. You don't you don't even really understand the gravity of it. And then when you actually have to do the work around that thing, you realize like that those are the types of things that we should be taking into account when we prepare a set of documents. Well, and you bring up a good point because yours started off as a trial and error, but because you were doing the construction, you had to devise a way to basically move this, protect the new work and everything else. Right. And so many times when we're doing notes like that, we have no idea how they're going to construct what we're asking them to construct. And so it seems like a no-brainer kind of note, but there's so many connotations to it that really make it, you know, kind of hard. And so understanding the sequence of construction that the person you are asking to do the construction will actually do. And the more and more you gain experience in construction administrations, the more and more that it helps you with devising those details that really kind of helps with understanding the reality of that particular note. I'll give you a perfect example of the demolition work that's going on in the, the project I'm working on right now. We wanted to protect a couple of plumbing chases and we wanted them to stay in place, but Almost the entire rest of that room was being demolished one way, shape, or form. And it was easier for them to demolish that because, you know, they would have had to saw cut a couple of things. And, and there's a bunch of different things that they had challenges with. So they just went ahead and demoed it. Now, what that ended up doing, which was the intent of the note, was to protect the existing plumbing that was to remain and they didn't do that so they had to devise, they had to devise a way to protect the plumbing rather than leaving the chase in place and the reality of the fact is is they couldn't actually keep the chase in place and do the demolition work around it it was kind of eh, well you know maybe we should maybe we shouldn't we can't because of this and you know you you discovered the the key to understanding when those notes are appropriate and when those notes aren't is by understanding like the construction and understanding the sequence of how something would go in and come out and then eventually go back in to make sure that you know, can this actually do it? Yeah. Well, in my case, uh, a smart contractor would have said, no, we're taking that sauna apart and we're going to move it out of that room. <laughs> 
Exactly. Because, I mean, again, think about this. You said, you know, you moved it around 100 times. Yes. Moving stepladders around those, threading them through, building a ceiling, touching every surface around this thing. I can't tell you how many, like, special operations we had to devise just to work around it that took way longer than they would have if it just wasn't in the room at all. That's the point right there. And think about how quickly you would have been able to complete the entire construction by just disassembling the sonar. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Lesson learned, my friends. The pains of architecture.